Or the conception of the internet is founded on a bunch of contradictions that don't match up with the material reality of how the internet is structured, about how data is processed, about how servers are structured, about how people are interacting with each other on these networks. It don't match with the dual tension between this idea of total freedom on the internet, but also needing a, a network system that does actually control to a great deal and extent how you access things, who accesses them, what is what is available, you know, that... That there's a sort of very there's a there's a very deep sort of structured limiting order in place, but somehow this has emerged and and been the playground for these delusions of of like limitless autonomy. Also, at the same time, justifying and rationalizing the ever growing march towards like permanent surveillance in the digital world. But um, you know, to also bring it to now, or to you know, to move our eye of Sauron onto um, <laughs> of uh, Gibson, uh, <laughs> um, Gibson offers in the trilogy. You know, like we like you know, China's been laying out like we've been talking like a really integral conception of cyberspace, but it's not really not really fleshed out much if you read the book right and there are few concrete descriptions of it and there's a lot of vibes a lot of a lot of a lot of vibes that are kind of described in the book which makes sense i mean you're describing something that doesn't exist yet but you also want it as he talks about if you're someone who thinks that your your prime trade is or your prime craft is you know decontextualized nouns you're not going to try to really describe it too much. You're just going to do enough that people can signal, right? So the first instance that Chun lays out in the novel is um, comes in a section where, um, you know, uh, basically uh, there's uh, cases uh, who's Ahsoka, right? Which um, case cuts short and says, oh, this is a kid's show, right? And, and then an explanatory screen, you know, kind of um, explains that this is... Uh, well-known depiction, or this is the well-known depiction of cyberspace, right? This is a consensual hallucination. You know, the very, the very first, right, description of cyberspace is here, Case kind of longing for it. It goes, a year here, and he, Case, uh, still dreamed of cyberspace, hope fading nightly. All the speed he took, all the turns he'd taken, and the corners he'd cut in Night City, and still he'd see the Matrix in his sleep, bright lattices of logic unfolding across that colorless void. The sprawl was a long, strange way home over the Pacific now, and he was no councilman, no cyberspace cowboy, just another hustler trying to make it through. But in his dreams, he'd cry for it, cry in his sleep, and wake alone in the dark, curled in his capsule in some coffin hotel, his hands clawed into the bed slab, temper foam bunched between his fingers, trying to reach the console that wasn't there. He's also trying to fuck the internet, right? Very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> he's really, he's trying to fuck it. Uh, that's what's going on there. As Chun points out, that's a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty smart thing for Gibson to do because that just naturalizes it all. You know who? The cyberspace is so fucking cool that he just, he kind of, wants to fuck it, you know? Uh, he's doing drugs with it, you know? It's it's uh, it's not only, addi- it's addictive, it's sexual, it's, it's consumptive, it's unlike anything you've ever been, right? As you go on through the trilogy, right, it's it's still not really hammered out beyond those sort of base 
impulses, right? You get to Neuromancer, and as she talks about, the basic plot line of Neuromancer is, quote, as punishment for stealing from one of his employers, cases injected by the Yakuza, the mythic Japanese mafia, with a myotoxin that makes it impossible for him to jack into cyberspace and thus jack off. He then travels to Night City, a subsidiary of Chiba City, Japan, in order to find a cure in its infamous nerve shops. Unable to repair the damage and out of money, Case becomes just another hustler on a suicidal arc. Before he manages to get himself killed, he's picked up by Molly, a female street samurai, razor girl, cyborg, who collects him for a mission directed by Armitage, Gibson's version of a max masked man whose standard, handsome, plastic features serve as his mask. Armitage fixes Case's nerve damage in exchange for his cooperation, and to ensure his loyalty, he lines Case's main arteries with toxin sacs. In order to prevent his nerve damage from returning, Case must be injected with an enzyme possessed by Armitage. And the team first breaks into SenseNet to break uh, to steal a ROM construct, a program that mimics the mind of Dixie, Case's now dead mentor, who will help Case break into a Tessier ash pool T.A., artificial intelligence called Rio or Neuromancer. And Molly physically steals the construct while Case jacked into her sensorium via StimSim. SimStim staffs the virtual operation and keeps time real time. Uh, The real boss turns out to be Wintermute, another TA artificial intelligence who wishes to merge with Neuromancer in order to farm a sentient being. Wintermute is improvisation, Neuromancer's personality. To merge, Molly must enter Villa Straylight, the TA's mansion in Freeside, outer space, and extract a word from three Jane, Tessiers, and and Ashpool's daughter while Case hacks into Neuromancer (laughs) in cyberspace with the help of a Chinese virus program. And then things get more complicated, but then at the end of it, Wintermute and Neuromancer merged in the Matrix and Case gets his blood changed and Marley leaves him to pursue further adventures and all the whole time he's in cyberspace, he's in real space, he's in SimStim. So, you know, as you get a lot, there's a lot. It's a mouthful. This is going in the teaser. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Damn, when you describe it like that, this is what y'all think is cool? (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love how when she starts describing it, it feels like it's just going to be a summary. And then as you get through it, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is not, this is kind of why. But um, to think about it, when you step back, you can think, and as she, as you know, as she quotes Paul, uh, Pam Rosenthal for saying, the future in cyberpunk world, no matter how astonishing its technological detailing, is always shockingly recognizable. It is our world gotten worse, gotten more uncomfortable, inhospitable, dangerous, and thrilling. The thrilling is a key part, a key operator here, right? The thrilling helps, you know, by there's no such thing as a poor person who doesn't do crimes. That person does not exist in the in the genre. Or if they do, they are the victim of poor people who do crimes, right? You know, the thrilling is that constant threat of crime being done to you, or part of it is crime being done to you, or you getting to do crime. Maybe you get to do cool cyber crime, you know, get to hack into a bank, you know, steal some stims or whatever the fuck it is, uh, you know. Um, or 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 you get to fuck the internet. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> or you get to fuck thought- the fusion of the internet when it fuses with one part that's personality, one part, you know. <laughs> All my life I want money and power.
Yeah, little did Kendrick Lamar know. That's literally it. But, but there you go, right? Kendrick Lamar is like, damn, I feel like I'm in the Matrix. My dick is big as the Eiffel Tower, so I can fuck the whole world for 72 hours. That's cyberpunk. <laughs> That's all cyberpunk right there. We did it. <laughs> Pod's over, guys. <laughs>